vulnerability is for the strong of heart. That's why most people avoid it. This lucid statement comes from alternative writer, researcher, and spiritual warrior, Zen Gardner. Zen is a man who, despite the tumult of this world, insists that a positive awakening is occurring right before our very eyes and souls. His words of wisdom, energy, and passion have assisted thousands of individuals on their own journey of truth. I had the pleasure of meeting Zen only a few weeks prior to the recording of this interview, in which we spent over three hours discussing all of the dimensions of this world and beyond. I can't think of one subject that we didn't cover, but at the end of the day, we agreed these are unprecedented times, and we are all bearing witness to this shift firsthand. As we arrive at the fork in the road, humanity will undoubtedly be faced with a critical choice as to which path that we will ultimately take. Zen Gardner, it is such a pleasure to have you on Higher Journeys Radio today. And although this is our first time talking as interviewer and guest, (laughs) I want us to continue in the same spirit of conversation that you and I had just last week when we managed to stay on the phone talking about everything under the sun for what, over three hours, I think it was. What an extraordinary, that was just absolutely a pleasure for me. It was just great. Uh, Me as well. Yeah. So welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. And it's really wonderful to meet you, Alexis. Likewise. Likewise. Well, we know we, we said offline that this is obviously maybe our first uh, visit in this incarnation, but certainly not the first uh, of our relationship, I think, our friendship. So. Right. No, yeah. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Well, listen, I suppose there's so many things that we could talk about. Um, and just before we went on air, we couldn't help but talk about this little thing that occurred yesterday called the uh, the supermoon lunar eclipse, also referred to as the blood moon. And just for the record for our audience, we're recording this interview on September 28th, 2015. So last night, this, this thing happened called the blood moon. It hasn't been witnessed for uh, 33 years, I believe. That's an interesting That's number, right. too. 33. Did you see it? Did you see the the blood moon? I did. We got a really clear picture of it here. I'm down in Uruguay, and it's uh, we had an overcast as it was starting to to pass through the phases. And I thought, oh darn! But it, all of a sudden, the sky just went completely clear. We got wow. to see it just perfectly clear, and it was it was it was something else. Sure was, yeah. And I think we both said we've not never seen this before, and not with my own eyes. So this was indeed rare. Well, you know, as as we know, some in the alternative community, speaking of this this event, uh, some in the alternative community, even some in the more mainstream religions have attached such a powerful significance to this rare event. Everything from sudden DNA upgrades to the all-out annihilation of the planet. <laughs> and although we are still somewhat in this full moon cycle as we speak, no one, I suspect, has seen any ac- acute transition. Certainly not the end of the earth, because obviously we're talking right now. But what were your thoughts, in, if any, on the significance of this rare blood moon? Well, as you probably know, it's the fourth of a series of uh, of these. It's called a tetra, and uh, which is also very rare. Although they, they, those do happen, but not in this sort of a, each one having this sort of profound appearance. Uh, it's interesting. I've been thinking about this quite a bit because, you know, people were talking about the Shemitah this month and all these converging events and the Pope at the UN and mm-hmm. and the finan- imminent financial collapse, all of which are very real factors. And uh, I believe a lot of Christians thought the rapture was going to be on the 23rd. I mean, people got very specific. And, and when that hype builds up, it sort of uh, berays itself. It, it exposes itself for what it is. It's interesting. Alan Watts talks about something called a fascination for doom mm. that 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 uh, humanity tends to have, and it gets fixated and it loses track. It's like when you you know when we we pay attention to something, we notice what we concentrate on, and what's in the background tends to be sort of a blurry, you know, other other type of information, but we concentrate on what interests us, and we lose the perspective in our concentration. We lose the fact that all of this duality is part of the picture, and it all fits together. And, you know, there's that, all that esoteric understanding of, of you know, the nature of, of reality, but really, they call it, you know, gestalt psychology. This is what they studied. They, they learned about this, this method that 
uh, humans tend to have in concentrating and focusing on what's moving, what's in the foreground, what catches their attention. So even though we can be in a, in a room of people and you know our inner consciousness can notice every detail, you won't remember it all. It, not all of it will go into your consciousness. You'll mm-hmm. remember what, what you focused on. And uh, it, it to me that is a, I mean it's kind of a transcendental thought, but it it points back to this. Uh, fascination for doom we focus on these uh potential cataclysmic events and it almost creates a vortex i mean it it's it, you know as you know whatever we concentrate on we give our attention to we're empowering mm-hmm. so it's a, it's you know even though the alternative community is pointing out so many things which are which are real you know uh, evidence for potential false flags and you know things we need to keep it keep track of the uh, tendency can be to get in the wrong vibration about it and um, in some sense contribute to uh, the the lower vibrational frequencies that are running amok here mm-hmm. rather rather than contributing to the to the higher vibrational changes which are all the more thrilling and all the more empowering and this doom fascination I think is a is something that um, people need to be uh, aware of. To, in a, to a deeper extent, I think we all are. Anybody who's been studying these aspects, you know, for for many years, like most of us, we're aware of it. But it's uh, in the alternative community. I think there's a lot of newly awakened people arriving in the alternative community, and that's a wonderful thing. But a lot of them are very fresh, very young, and I I don't know if I'd say unseasoned, but just learning. And if you remember when you were, you know, when you're discovering all these things for the at the beginning, it's just the overwhelming. Overwhelming, that's right. You're, go, you're going from Nibiru and and you know uh, reptilians to to you know um, you know I don't whether it's the Fed or you know the the Anunnaki or the you know the bloodlines or all this stuff. This information floods in, and it's pretty dark stuff, and it rocks people's psyches. And um, the internet's kind of like you know it's like the wild west for for for, for information, and and the the tendency of of new people not in every case but is to let it you know it knocks you all around like a swimmer if it's first time at the beach you don't know how to handle the waves you got to learn right. how to ride the waves you got to learn how to get in there and swim past the big ones and you know don't swim near the coral and you know things like that and it takes a little experience. And I don't mean to put down people who are just coming on the scene, but I think this is contributing to that sense of confusion or, or uh, disruption that a lot of us old timers are kind of sensing. It's mm-hmm. coming up through the ranks in the in the uh, the so-called alternative community, which is even that term is starting to uh, wear a little thin. I think. But, mm, I agree with you. Yeah. But but you know, but these are dynamics that everybody's tracking, and some people are getting pretty ticked off about it, and almost contributing to it by being angry and screaming out disinfo agents and that's right you know starting to point fingers and that that kind of stuff starts that's when we just have to go wait a minute wait a minute everybody chill here you know because the whole point of the awakening as you and i have been talking about quite a bit is 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 tapping into and contributing to this raising of the vibrational level of humanity the planet you know and the morphic field that we we are contributing um, to this, to the call it positive effect and empowerment, and that takes, like I was just saying, it takes some navigating, it takes some learning how to swim, it takes, it takes some effort. You just don't go with the flow. You've got to really learn how to direct your boat. Like I use that analogy a lot in my writing about sailing the cosmic seas. We're we're out there, and well, first of all, you got to push push off from the shore, mm-hmm. and 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 be willing to venture out there. And it's lonely, and it can be a little scary at first. But then, and you know, and like that other expression I like to use, that the rudder can't take effect until the boat is in motion. Because mm. a lot of people are sitting at home trying to decide what to do. Well, just get started is what I'll say. Just do something. And the, your boat might be going one way, but the rudder, your, the thing that's going to steer your, your way, which is much deeper than your, soup, you know, your conscious self, can take effect. And it'll start taking you where you're supposed to go and, You'll have those new worlds to explore and conquer. Oh, it's beautiful, but, uh, said. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it's uh, um, out in that ship and learning to sail these high seas. It, you know, like they call them uncharted seas, 
uncharted seas for a reason because mm-hmm. you, you, none of us had been there before. And, and on top of that, the climate of the planet right now is in this huge confrontation between these wonderful new vibrations coming coming at us that so many of us are sensing and uh, many have talked about for, for a long time versus these lower vibrational entities that are making their last-ditch stand to grab control. And mm-hmm. it, and amongst them, there, there are those who realize this vibrational empowerment is happening and they're trying to fight it, which which um, a lot of people are talking about, you know, maybe that's what the chemtrails are about, maybe that's what CERN is about, mm-hmm. directed energy to fight off uh, what's coming. You know, I, I don't know, you know, but but the, the point is that dynamic is is confrontational, yet our greatest weapon is transcendence. It is, it is not fighting on their plane. It is rising up above to where we belong. And if we get down there and dip into their low-dimensional con- conflict and all the negativity, even in such things as conflicts within the alternative media, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're submitting ourselves and thus empowering. Absolutely. Submitting ourselves to and empowering the very thing all of us are trying to shirk and 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 see dispelled on this planet so we can you know have peace right oh that was so beautifully said and if you could see me i'm nodding my head uh voraciously <laughs> because i i do agree everything that you have said is so true i mean this is a, a tumultuous time and a brilliant time at the at the same time this sort of dichotomy yes. that you and i spent a lot of time talking about and i agree with you uh zen i think that there are so many people often younger people uh who are coming into this uh we sort of overuse the term i think awakening but nonetheless and mm-hmm. uh all that comes with it the dark the light and everything in between but the mm-hmm. dark again as you said when you start to get into all the nuances of what that dark entails you get into the research you get into all the information that's available there, you're going to get pissed off. I mean, yeah, you're going to first, yeah. you're just going to be like, what? And then, you know, chances are you're going to get pretty frustrated and then angry, particularly for those who are going through the struggles that may be realizing are due to these dark forces. So it can, uh, in a sense, uh, swallow you up vibrationally. And I agree. I think there needs to be uh, a temperament. I think go ahead and get angry once you are exposed to some of these things. Shit, get angry, get it out of your system, and then move on to the other side, which is equally, if not more powerful. I think mm-hmm. that balance is really the challenge that uh, a lot of people uh, have yet to take on, frankly. Uh, so I think that yeah. was beautifully said. Well, you know, getting- well, there, there, there's, a, there's a place for righteous indignation. Sure, there is. I, I blow off steam <laughs> all the time because it, it's, got, it's got to piss you off. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're aware of what's going on and why it's being done, and there's nothing wrong with that. People get this idea of spirituality as some kind of ethereal, serial place of, of you know, constant ohm on the range. And, mm. and um, you know, it's, it's a flighty idea, you know, but, but that's, that's mental. That's an idea. That's a projection. That's, that's false learning from previous conceptions. We have to let all that go. And I'm not promoting anger, but there's, there is a, there is a, good form of anger mm-hmm, it's, sure and it's r- righteous anger and there's nothing wrong with it but it the way you can tell if it's righteous is if, if it's helping you do something productive in the right direction mm-hmm. it's not just blowing off steam or attacking you know tearing everything up in your insight you know as you as you well know i think it was naomi wolf that said well it's been attributed to her but i've, I've seen other names but she said the truth will set you free but first, it'll piss you off. That's right. I've heard that before. I don't yeah, know isn't that perfect? It, it is absolutely perfect. And I think it is. that's a it's very a natural reaction. Yeah. It is. There's nothing wrong with it. People yeah. and have this guilt. But all that, again, is previous programming. It's mm-hmm. previous conditioning of what is right and what is wrong. What's that built on? It's built on social conditioning, social right. engineering, which is false. So that's where consciousness comes in. It's, it's realizing we can let go of all of those things, which is pretty freaky. You know, I have to admit, it's freaky to just say, wait a minute. And and one of the ways to identify it that I find extremely empowering, and I'm sure you do too, is language. We talked the, about that. The, That's right. Yeah, sure did. The use yeah. of language and, and what words mean. You know, say, I'm, I'm killing time mm-hmm. or I'm, yes. you know, I- expressions that are just off the charts wrong. Yeah. yeah. And uh, um, there's a word in Spanish, trabajo, which means work, but it means you know, tra and bajo is down. 
and so you know a, a friend of mine she uses a different word instead of down it says up mm-hmm. but um there word, words have you know tremendous power mm-hmm. to e- either do good or to reinforce the old and do damage mm-hmm. and uh but learn i think people should really take the time to study language look at the phoenician roots look Absolutely. at the <laughs> look at all these amazing it, it's codified mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. english is a very crude language we we've been handed a real a real trip of a uh, of a crippled tool, mm-hmm. and and that's why I like to use language and and um, and vocabulary in my writing. And I really look for the words that express, as best of my ability, what I'm really trying to say. And people will say, "Wait a minute, man, I, you're using words I don't understand." Well, I'll say, "Well, look them up." That's right. You know? <laughs> You, I get they, that they, they deliberately lessened the vocabulary. Yeah, I think for sure that has been yeah. part of the programming. Well, again, in our three plus hour talk, we covered language and yeah. not just the, you're absolutely right, the English language is just chock full of, of innuendos that are derived from things that are not necessarily, first of all, as we know in the English language, the one word can have so many different meanings. So we need to look at the history. I've always found the, the, the uh, language in general, just fascinating. Um, Mm -hmm. And I agree that particularly when you see newer words being introduced into what I call the societal vernacular, Mm -hmm. you know, people have heard me say this before, how I just loathe the term, loathe, not love, loathe, selfie, foodie, Mm -hmm. junkie, Mm -hmm. man cave. When you, and, Mm -hmm. and of course, these are words that have, that are actually showing up in the dictionary now. But the fact then that so many people are parroting so quickly the proliferation of these words that are introduced into society, and not only words, but inflections, you and I talked about that, really speaks Mm -hmm. even beyond the words uh, itself, but speaks to the fact that people are too anxious to copy rather than invent Mm -hmm. themselves. So there's there's a lot of um, I think language yeah, has been yeah. used in many cases as a weapon and also I think as a test to see the resilience or lack thereof of of people um, mm-hmm. you know as you know I grew up with a, a a mother that was an educator and she was absolutely adamant that I used proper English um, and sure we all have our little words, little uh, expressions that we use, but coming back to the fact that you said, uh, you know, some of the words that you use, people say, well, I don't understand what that means. Well, look it up. That's absolutely right. We've lost that. So very well said. Yeah. You know, before we move on. Talk about, talk about, talk about uh, freaky terms. How about the selfie stick? Oh my goodness. When I first heard that term, I I almost, uh, Punch something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you, you know, and people, oh, no, it's a great idea. No, I use one too. I got one too. And look, you can no, hold it up. I know. Take your picture anywhere. And that's not the point. The point is people are responding, this language thing, they're responding to a meme. They're, they're, they're responding to a wave of social conditioning. That's right. That, that is, has been produced that most people have no idea, no idea. has been created deliberately and, and propagated I mean, they also use, I mean, they use what we respond to, what we don't respond to. It's not like, this will be the way and you shall adopt it. No. They look what works and they, they, they modify accordingly. Mm-hmm. When I grew up in the, in the, during the hippie generation, you know, and there was all this wild clothing and, you know, innovative ideas that were just coming out of, you know, all kinds of uh, crazy places. Well, by the time that the later 70s and 80s came around, you had... Uh, people like Peter Max and or, all, it was all popularized. You know, Dick Cavett's wearing bell bottoms, and mm-hmm. um, you know it, they 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 were quick to um, take it and commercialize it, mm-hmm. and they and they, it succeeded. Yeah. I mean, the, as as you know, they they hijacked the whole awakening thing. And besides the fact that the it was the CIA that introduced all the the drugs anyway to see if they could use it for a mind control uh, tool, but it, as we know, it backfired. As uh, all their all their actions do, and they accomplish uh, on one hand, but boy, it backfired big on another side, mm-hmm. which is always the case. Just like now, the, the uh, you know this clampdown of the matrix. Well, it's backfiring because people people I know a lot of people who've lost everything in the crash, and they, and that's what woke them up, and now they're going. That's the best thing that ever happened. I mean, it happened to us. I think I told you our story, and uh, you know I was getting tripped off uh, trying to you know get some funds put away and 
we've got a lot of kids and grandkids, and I was, I was trying to do the responsible thing, whereas I've been on the road for 25 years, um, just just winging it all over the world. I said, okay, and we had an opportunity, and then everything blew up, and it was such a relief. It, it was just, you know, it's a shame. I mean, I'm, I'm just... I'm just living day to day now, but I don't mind. I'm free. That that's the mm. point, you know. But yeah. the, the matrix works against itself. That's what, one of the reasons people are waking up. The, if it takes, I tell this to a lot of people. If it takes all this calamity and all this pressure and all these uh, all this craziness for people to go, wait a minute, what's going on? And they they snap out of their coma. Well, so be it. If that's what it takes, so be it. I mean, we've all, we're all given chances all our lives with little hints, and uh, some people get a real special calling through a car accident or a near-death experience or, um, you know, all, you know, a kundalini experience, a drug experience. People have where they wake up from all all vectors, but um, in in the grander scheme, where we really need we do need numbers because the critical mass issue is very important to the awakening. And so we, we, but we need, you know, it has to be organic, real, and it has to be by choice. But look at the pressures that people are being put under. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that people see it in a positive context because um, the awakening is going to happen one way or the other. And uh, it's sort of like that uh, famous saying, don't be attached to the outcome. People uh, ask me all the time, what do you think is going to happen? Is it going to be okay? I said, you know what? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's what you're supposed to do. Are you responding? Am I responding? Are we helping others uh, learn to respond or encouraging them or opening their eyes to help them respond? That's all that matters in our lives is what each of us do. Mm-hmm. When people look out for the big picture and expect the whole thing to change, you know, change the world, what can I do? Well, you can do everything. Yeah. You know, Mahatma Gandhi didn't start off, you know, I'm going to go change the world. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this transformation and that, and then I'm going to go to India and overthrow the British. He, did, he just followed his heart. He had conviction, took one step at a time, and one thing led to another. Right. He's just a man. Yeah. He's one person, Martin Luther King, any of these amazing pioneers of courage who were fearless in their lives, which everybody should be. I mean, to me, that's, that's the key to all of this is fearlessness. What the, what the world lacks is courage. There's a lack of courage. People are just too easily buffed about by all this stuff and worried about their own damn asses and I'm going off but it, no, it, keep it, going, it, keep it's going. a very individual decision <laughs> sure it is. and it, it starts with is. each of us the awakening is you the mm-hmm. awakening is me mm-hmm. and uh, we can't escape that reality and that, that's what people tend to do we we tend to broadcast it out there we want to we want to share share the burden or you know oh you know uh, join a movement or follow a leader Mm-hmm. It, I mean, that's such bullshit. That, that's what's disempowered humanity up to this very moment. And it continues. And look, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk briefly <clears throat> about the, the, the visit of the Pope in the last six days. And, and you know, honestly, Zen, and these people know the show is really, it's about being uplifting and speaking positively. And I don't like naming names. I don't think it's even necessary when we can just get into concepts. But I couldn't help but really notice Never mind the Pope being here and what he said, but the fact that so many people were so willing, you talk about following the leader and Mm -hmm. pouring their souls, all of that energy into one flesh and blood human being, because (laughs) they were told to. Now, I know you want to go off on that one. I was really just cut to the quick. And we've seen this time and time Mm -hmm. again, this this indoctrination into adoration and idolization Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. icon, which sounds a little bit like what? I'm not going to go there. But, (laughs) you know, it it really just... um, to me, this is a barometer to show at least, well, we're seeing this on television, of course, and I've actually surveyed some neighbors to see what they thought. And they kind of thought all this, and, oh, he is just absolutely, he's changed my world, and I'm going to do exactly what he says. What about what you're feeling, separate and apart from uh, this incessant need to follow another? To me, that is probably one of the biggest and most integral steps in evolution is understanding the innate power within us without the need to follow another. Right. Well, Zen, we're back. We had a little bit of a disruption of technology. Some people call it the gremlins in the machine. Hmm. I find it interesting that these gremlins tend to show up when we get into the real juicy stuff. What do you think? 
<laughs> yeah, uh, that it happens. It's probably happened six times in the last three weeks of interviews. It's oh boy. four weeks, but uh, hey, it's a good sign. Good sign, nonetheless. And this is a this is a good interview, and it's a it's a good discussion. Uh, we'll continue. We were talking about the the, the papal visit, and you know, I want to just say for the record, I thought much of what he was quoted as saying did have uh, value. Uh, that's not the issue. The issue for me was the fact that so many people were so willing to follow. Uh, it, as we see these things, the pomp and circumstance was quite disturbing to me. Um, you know, this idolization that, you know, obviously this is a, a thing that's more prevalent in the Western world of idolizing uh, others um, while saying, you know, we we talk about people who are so down on themselves at this point that they refer to themselves as Joe Public or I'm just an average Joe, I'm a nobody, mm-hmm. you know. Why? Because they have poured all of their energy into the person that they think is somebody. That, of course, has mm-hmm. been a, a, a teaching uh, that has to be undone. This is also a critical part of the awakening. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's all over the world. Every culture has this problem. Pro- probably because so many well, people. I mean, down. look at yeah, yeah. look at um, people either abdicate to religious figures or figures of authority, mm-hmm. and they submit and unquestioningly. Sometimes they're pounded into submission, but you know it's a learned behavior over the centuries. But I was going to say, you know, the whole idea of religion or any of these things is where people give away their individual authority to something. That's they're right. they're looking for a savior. They're looking for an answer. I mean, obviously, the world's a mess. I mean, this whole thing's a setup, as you know. He's coming along with this big solution. And because the, the part of this world government they're going to construct, the most important elements, the religious one, in my opinion, the control system is just the backbone, you know, the, the, the shell, because they need people's allegiance and directed energy. <clears throat> and they need to dissolve, dissolve their allegiance to other other religions, other other leaders, other religious figures, and uh, centralize it, which the Catholic Church is masterful at. I mean, that's the most abusive, um, wouldn't even call it organization. It's, it's the Church of Babylon. It's nothing less. It, it's the same story from sun worship. You see it in all their symbols and all this stuff. It's the same religion passed down through millennia. But uh, it's, the, it's the backbone of... Uh, it or something like it, or it's got, something's going to morph, is is going to be the backbone of this this new world uh, globalist system that they're they're trying to maneuver into place. And uh, but this giving way of authority that that's that's the root. Mm-hmm. When people want someone else to do the job that they themselves didn't have the guts to contribute to or help formulate or, or just be the answer themselves, somebody else comes in with a solution and we're going to follow them. It's that abdication. It's a reflex. And like you said, Joe, Joe Public and all that. You want to hear something really weird? Mm. Uh, the Pope is releasing a rock album. No, I did this not is true. This, this, is a, this is in Rolling Stone magazine. I'll send you the link. Oh, boy. But he's, it's completely nuts. He's going to do like these voice things. He's going to do these talks. And they're going to use you know, light rock and all, all different kinds of modes of music. And has in, in, in several languages... And they're, they're going to release this thing. I mean, wow. it's like, uh, yeah, it's, I, I was thinking he should call it Rock the Flock or, uh, <laughs> or uh, oh, poop, poop Puri or something. I don't know. It's, oh, man. It's, it's, it's insane. But the, here's the issue that really, really, really hurts my heart. He's going for the youth. And these are the kids who are not armed. Uh, my generation, you know, you're younger than me, but, you know, older generations – we've been through a lot. We have some historical background. We know where this thing came from. They have not, a lot of these kids were born with chemtrails. They were, they were born with an iPad in their hand or something similar. These kids are almost defenseless. Have you seen this thing, uh, what's it called, Tomorrowland, these concerts going I've on? I've heard of it. I, I'm not that familiar. Oh, it, you've got to look at it. Tell it us is about a, that. What, what is well, it is as a cult. Uh, it, it's a kind of a rave. They've been having them, uh, I guess, every year. But there's one going on in uh, um, in Georgia right now. I think it's in Atlanta. Oh no, it was some town in Georgia. It's right on the 33rd parallel, of course. But um, <clears throat> you just look it up. I'll send you some links. But look up Tomorrowland Festival, mm-hmm. and you will not. Uh, or type in mm-hmm. Tomorrowland Festival Occult or t- Tomorrowland mm-hmm. Festival Illuminati, and it'll come up with all the you know the heavy alternative uh, viewpoints. But you'll see these summaries of the the symbolism. 
and the message and the abject um, giving away of energy to this massively financed uh, stage production. Okay. It's not so much the bands, but when you see these monstrous figures and these speaking screens and, and uh, <clears throat> the theme, they open the book at the beginning and it's got all this occult thing that says, enter in and mm. you will learn great wisdom. And it's absolute um, sorcery, <clears throat> just like one of like Madonna at the halftime show. Mm-hmm. They're, they're coming out more and more and these kids are defenseless. And uh, I just... I'm just hoping that kids in their own generation will rise up and help wake up wake up their own generation because it's hard for them to to listen to older people, but um, but but they're in their own milieu, you know. They're they, they're 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 swimming in their own pond, so it's very, um, you know. I guess we just need to drop a water cleaner in it so they can actually see what's going on. Right. True that, as they say. <laughs> well, you know, let's let's think about some. There are some trends that are going on, Zen. I think that I don't even like the word trend, but we'll call it that. Things that are proliferating, catching on. That mm-hmm. do have not to mention the alternative media. Some of the content within alternative media, um, and the discussions uh, therein. But other things like um, what's it called? The flash mob. I don't know if that's yesterday. <laughs> now that we're into tomorrow, the tomorrow <laughs> land. Uh, was that just yesterday? But what do you what do you think about? that trend and what it's evoking in the public consciousness. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, I, I think that's a dynamite. Yeah. dynamite thing. I, I'm working with something called the Full Circle Project uh, with Max yes. Egan and a few others. And it's uh, that's one of the ideas I had that we could um, encourage people locally to, to use. For example, in England, there are people getting kicked out of their homes, older people, mm-hmm. because they can't pay their light bill or something like that. I mean, horrific treatment. And neighbors are coming together and preventing the police from doing anything. And, and in, or in Ireland, uh, you know, this thing with the water meters and what they're trying to do to, to um, privatize the water. And, I mean, absolute abusive behaviors. Scotland's got its issues. The states is just swimming in all kinds of, of abuses, freedom abuses. And uh, uh, unfortunately, we're not seeing people stand up on a local level. But the idea of the Full Circle Project is to put people in touch with each other, get them talking, and come up, help them identify, or they, you know, encourage them. You know, it's, not, it's not a leadership thing, just but be a catalyst and a, connect, a connecting hub. Encourage them to get in touch with each other, identify the issues that are, that are the most urgent that they need to confront, as well as constructive actions, be it, you know, uh, you know, uh, organic farming or, or you know, um, permaculture projects or, or building communities or mm-hmm. um, or some people, are, you know, they're, they're planting uh, organic food throughout their cities and making them a, a tourist attraction. So there are a lot of brilliant ideas going on. But putting people in touch with each other to where they can um, uh, be able to respond and if it's local like that, well, they can't stamp us out. There's no central leader. Mm-hmm. It's all local. Mm-hmm. Whereas people are looking for some big movement, some flashy leader who's going to say, this is the way. Come with me. And uh, Which yeah. is how it's always been, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it, 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 the dynamic has changed, yeah. which, how you started sure this out. There's, this is one of the really encouraging things. Yeah. People are feeling that stirring inside of them. And uh, I, I think this has tremendous potential and, I mean, it's happening already. It's that it's not like uh, you know, universe is working. There, people are getting together. People are forming communities. People are are encouraging each other. But this is where the flash mob thing came in because I thought, well, you know, if you've got a big enough email list and like like how the flash mob works, and you say, listen, everybody, show up at the mall. We're going to do a demonstration. Bring this, bring that, and get ready to dance to this song, or mm-hmm. or just shout this word over and over, or just be there. But, you know, that flash mob um, response system is such a great dynamic. I mean, I moved to tears. I'm sure you are, too. I, well, I absolutely. Oh, yeah. It, it's just thrilling when I watch those. I'm just yeah. weeping like a baby. I mean, this, yeah. that's the expression that we're longing to see, you know, and, right. and we don't see enough of it. Yeah. So all of these things are sort of permeating our culture at the same time. I, I My audience is probably tired of me using the term dichotomy of consciousness, which is a chapter in my book, Conscious Musings, the dichotomy of consciousness and mm. the precipice of change. And, and that was a very uh, 
powerful chapter for me to write because it is so in your face. All of what we're talking about really is representative of that dichotomy. Polar opposites that are, as I've said, sort of duking it out um, until perhaps those lines of demarcation are blurred and a new reality emerges that is far more nurturing and uh, evolutionary than we've ever seen before. Well, you know, I, we have just, I knew we were going to go off on a tangent. I knew this wasn't going to be hard to do <laughs> because we did it a few days ago offline. But before we go, I mean, this is all related, obviously, but I have been really wanting to ask you this sort of on the tail end of, we left the blood moon thing a while ago, but I wanted to ask you, um, Zen, you know, there has been such a sense of foreboding. And again, this is a little negative, but it's it's a very interesting dynamic in people. I've heard, oh, in the last several weeks or so that people have been really unsettled. I'll be honest, me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I always try to survey the territory, if you will. I, I tend to be someone who's somewhat energetically sensitive. I can go into a room and pick up on a vibe and I'll either feel really good or not so good. A lot of people are that way. But lately, I have sensed, as well as others I've talked to, that there is literally something out of kilter. I just had this discussion with uh, Dr. Lori mm-hmm. Nadell, who I interviewed mm-hmm. uh, my last interview, and she agreed. Um, things, The feelings that tend to... to uh, precipitate or not precipitate, but uh, come before something big. And maybe mm-hmm. the big isn't a bad thing. It's just a it's a it's a major shift. How are you feeling? Do you know what I'm talking about? Here? Yeah, I do. I do. And I sense it too. It, it's for real. I mean, what I, I wasn't trying to be Pollyanna about saying, you know, this sense of doom, the fixation on doom is all that all that's at play. That's a that's a separate dynamic to this sense of uh, foreboding, because mm-hmm. We are on the verge of a financial collapse that the world, I think, to a, to a degree, the world's never seen. Mm-hmm. And the, the real danger lies in the interconnectivity of everything. When, when I was a kid, I remember reading there was at least uh, two to three months of food available in storage places and, and uh, you know, it, all over the place that if there was a calamity, there was food around. Now it's all on demand. It's immediate. You only get stuff when you immediately need it. So if, let's say, uh, something happened and the truck stopped running, there's only two to three days of food available for people. Large cities would be in chaos within within days. If there was large power grid outages um, mm-hmm. without, without sewage, the interdependency of these large cities um, is, is incredibly dangerous. And people have grown very uh, uh, complacent about it, and just you know, assuming it's always going to be this way. I've got my, I've got my four by four man. I've got my truck. I've got my big screen TV. You know, the games on Sunday, and it's always been this way. I mean, how, you know, it's. I mean, we're in a very dangerous spot when it comes to that sort of mindset. But that this um, economic and utilities dependency is. Uh, very dangerous. So if if the economic plug gets pulled, uh, we could see you know people can't get money out, and all of a sudden the food starts disappearing. Um, you know it, we could see some serious um, civil chaos. Mm-hmm. I've warned people about this for years, and I've said, well, I would suggest you get out of any large metropolitan areas and get to higher ground. And I've I've been said that's why I live in Latin America. I just I got tired of thinking about that all the time. It, it had me preoccupied. But not just that aspect, but the police state. I mean, what I do is something that I know they're aware of, and they would love to find a way to, uh, you know, round me up. I said, well, why worry about it? Not that they can't find me here, and I'm not worried about it. I'm not afraid. I'm, I'm, I've committed my life a long time ago. That's not. I'm not afraid of death or anything they can do to me. I'm, I'm more afraid of stopping being aware, awake, aware, and, and active. Mm-hmm. Or becoming afraid. I'm afraid of becoming afraid, but I'm not. <laughs> anyway, but uh, I, I agree that that sense of foreboding. I think it's real. I think it's founded. Yeah, and but I'm people, talking but, but recently. People, yeah, yeah. No, 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 this vibrational change and this the blood moon has a lot to do with it. Okay, because well, let's talk I, a about lot. I, I think so because you know people talk about the 28th and this wave X coming in and this uh, sort of a transcendental empowerment. And I think there's truth to it, but I, you know, again, we don't. We're not looking for a savior. We're not looking for the the, the cavalry to come and rescue us. But there are wonderful elements in the universe. There are, besides these nasties, well, there's there's good elements and there's Absolutely. good influence. Mm-hmm. And and it's a time to tune into those. But at the same time, 
um, if you get in the sense of foreboding, well, maybe take, have you taken all the precautions you should? Do you have food and water? Do you know mm-hmm. what you would do in the case of a calamity? You know, very basic preparedness, which should have been taken care of years ago. But people who haven't done that yet, now's the time to do it. You can't keep putting that off. If you wait until something happens, it's too late. Yeah. But, but spiritually speaking, I'm with you because I think uh, I wouldn't trade this time for anything. I feel honored to be alive during this, mm-hmm. during this time. I really do. Mm-hmm. And I knew something since I looked in the mirror one time, and I think I was five years old, and I, I looked at it, and I said, I'm supposed to do something here. I, I, you know, I had this sense, this is, you know, so, there's something going on here, and I'm supposed to do something here. Not that I was special, but there was this sense of, this is an amazing time. At five years grip- old. Five years old, yeah. you had that that yeah, epiphany. Yeah, I, I, I popped in and out of it as I grew up, and I got buried in, hmm. you know, high school things and sports, and sure. and I went to college, had that wake up, then I got buried in other stuff, and then I had other wake ups and traveled the world, and got buried in other stuff. I, I I talk about these five stages of awakening. I've been. I'm sure it's more of a continuum than just than anything. I was talking with my wife about that today. David I talked about the early 90s when he had his experience, and that's when he was told these uh, truth vibrations, this, this shift was starting, and it was gonna, there was going to be a crescendo. It was going to keep coming and keep coming. And it was in the early 90s. I was living in Brazil, and I had a major change, but I didn't understand it. I was in the midst of a whole different paradigm. And, uh, but it set me into turmoil for, boy, the next 10, 15 years until I finally grasped what it was that uh, – was going on, and I could. Uh, I went into another stage, and then I popped out. But um, th- this this vibrational empowerment is no joke. It it is for real, and uh, people don't need to think it's woo woo and all this. Just tune into yourself and find out for yourself. Research it for yourself. It's yeah. not it's not a knowledge thing. It's more an experiential thing. Absolutely, but it yeah. comes when we let go. It comes when we we're willing to let go of false paradigms or our fear. Or uh, old concepts—that's the biggie. Because, Absolutely. You know, yeah. Right? You know, people, somebody might have studied the Urantia book all their life, or the Bible, and that's how they see the world. Well, it's time to let it go, mm-hmm. because it's bigger than that. It's—it's it's not one teaching from, from anything. Don't even look for that. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about religion, and uh, these are the things that I, I. These are the things I pound on. I guess you can tell in my writing, because <laughs> it, it's all about you know getting free. You know, it's it's it's, it's chipping off. They say the awakening. Is is a violent thing. It, it is getting rid of the old. It is it is blowing. It is destroying everything old that is false. It's a destructive process in order to birth, to release the real. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the the inside. You know, the chick inside the egg. Well, he's got to bust his way out. The 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 butterfly has to get out of the cocoon. It, it's a it's a process. The seed has to come out from. Complete darkness out of the earth germinates and then then re- struggle 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 and then reach the light. It's it's part of the process and we're here for that for that learning experience. Well, you know, you and I talked about that. You have such an amazing way of 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 using metaphor and analogy that I think everyone can get. So so lucid. Uh, thank you for that. But you and I talked about this uh, this whole idea of. Um, all of the dark and the ugly that's going on and you know certain people will respond once they become privy to it with anger and it it just kind of festers as anger others i think you and i maybe be maybe two of them look at this not so much as um he, the bad guys versus the good guys and they got to go but, th- but but rather perhaps they're representing not unbeknownst to them uh something that needs to be busted through. In other words, perhaps the universe is putting some of these ills on us in order to show us that we have the ability to bust through them. Hence, that ugly has a very constructive purpose, right? Yes, that's very well said. It's a process. Mm-hmm. Clearly, clearly, it's a process. What you were, what you were talking about just then reminds me of the uh, what I consider a, a profound fact that anybody who's researched and gone through this awakening and pursued it and kept researching and kept connecting the dots, anybody who's gone through this eventually became profoundly spiritual, mm-hmm. not, not religious. And if you think of the people that you 
you really respect and admire that you you've um watched grow and progress or that you look to for for you know for good information and inspiration they may or may not have been spiritual before but going through this process you eventually punch through and i like to encourage people in this that you know you're going to get through this dark information but anybody who keeps pursuing they will break through they will find oh my goodness i just you know it's like going through the the dark forest mm-hmm. in order in order to get to the clearing and uh, that dark forest is real it is nasty it's full of you know wild beasts it's it could be scary and there's all kinds of things you never could conceive existed are there in in all kinds of dimensions but keep going keep going because yeah, you'll going. see how it you you'll see how it all fits together eventually. I agree. I do agree. You and know? I think that uh, seeing how it all fits together now, you know, we've heard so many people talk about uh, what I call occasional epiphanies or sort of moving into enlightenment and then out of it and kind of like your five stages mm. uh, that it's just it's a constant back and forth. But at some point, it all fits together. Finally, it, it well, I say finally, and then as soon as you think it all fits together, yeah, there's right. yet something else to learn. <laughs> but there comes a, a maturity of understanding how it, right. the puzzle pieces do fit together. And I'm one that has really looked at all of this, uh, um, I, not just information, because I say, Zen, that uh, understanding the dark and the light can only fully be understood experientially. You can read all exactly. you want, and I and I mm-hmm. don't discourage the research and the reading, but rather than letting that be the sole barometer, I say to people, go outside and look around, look on TV, be aware of all of the nuances, and you'll see for yourself without having to pick up one book what's going on. Um, so that is absolutely necessary, as well as silence and the contemplation of the things that you're experiencing that's when things i think really start to fit together yeah i agree you think about it two of the uh, the concepts i think for me epitomize what you're saying and the experiential aspect mm-hmm. um oops one of, one of them is intuitive like for me um you there i'm here oh good sorry <laughs> uh, um uh, uh I'm extremely intuitive. I don't have like super psychic gifts. I mean, on on occasion, I mean, I don't know. I can't I can't compare to anybody else because I'm not anybody else. But um, I go by intuition more than anything. Yet I have a very strong mind, very strong intellect, and um, a very analytical mind. So these kind of work together, and that turns into words, which is why um, uh, apparently I'm here to to write is is one of my um, my uh, you know manifestations here, mm-hmm. but the other besides intuition, which is this heart knowledge, the experiential knowledge you're talking about, the other that I think is the most another fabulous dyma- dynamic is empathy. Empathy, oh, empathy, yes. compassion, empathy. empathy. Yeah, empathy versus um, all of the mentalized uh, ideas of what you know, caring, love. Oh, I feel sorry, and all this kind of stuff. But real empathy, which, as we know, the psychopaths don't have a, a, a shred of, which is what's been manifested around us and why the separated world. But um, if we can activate those two elements, I mean, I'm sure there's more, but to me, those are the, 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 the most powerful dynamics of, of you know, what we call the awakening or the, this transcendence or this ascension or whatever anybody wants to call it. It's uh, and learning to go by this intuition because it, it really it lends itself right into the whole idea of telepathy, mm-hmm. where, where, uh, where that's the language that I think that's the lost language that we're we're slowly rediscovering. Mm-hmm. That's how it is, and it, we call it, we see it manifest in synchronicity, and you know so called coincidences. But you know you'll call somebody and they say I was just thinking of you, that kind of a thing. But on the other hand, there's times you can feel someone else in need. And I know several people who know me, and I know them, and we'll have this this type of experience very frequently, where just you sense somebody needs a little help, and you send them, you know, you send them good vibes, a prayer, whatever you want to call it, and uh, you, you just sort of feel them, you know, you, you sort of hold them in your arms and send some good vibes, and you, then you find out later that someone did it for you during a certain time, yeah, but mm-hmm. you couldn't get in touch or something like that. I think we need to learn to trust these gifts yes. and, and let them arise 
And I think there's way cool stuff awaiting our discovery. I agree. And I, and I think I think that's the real, um, the pioneer field. That that's the new frontier of of people who are having this experience and uh, you know and and longing for ways to really help effectuate this transition mm-hmm. in 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 a meaningful way. I mean, a lot of people are they're in their homes. They they don't want to hit the street with a banner or. Or uh, you know, go down and bang on the on the mayor's door, but they want to do something. Their hearts are longing. Mm-hmm. Well, there's there is a way. They, I, mean, I mean, at the least, we should all be doing that. Mm-hmm. And if physical action follows, and, you know, we do a flash mob, we you know, we do a um, you know group garden, or we you know go down and and you know uh, scream about the fracking going on in the neighborhood, which people should do, or the cell towers that are going up right inside of communities, and people should. I think uh, do something about these. They should go to their their local officials and hold them accountable. Because if those guys didn't approve it, it wouldn't be happening. Right. So, and that, like we say in the full circle project, well, what's to keep me from from holding you accountable and 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 uh, for abusing your authority and having you removed? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be representing us. So right. that's a dynamic that other people can relate to. Even though we know the whole system's false and constructed, mm-hmm. well, if other people can relate to it, at least on that level, that maybe don't see this transcendent stuff yet, well, at least gets the, gets the juices flowing. Gets the and juices gets, flowing, and may actually right, and may actually trigger what uh, I think you you're describing is what I'd call inner technology, that mm. ability to leverage leverage. I don't like that word, but we'll say uh, trigger uh, telepathic yeah. experiences. We know these are very real as well. I do think it's a balance, and I think eventually I see a time when we will become. You know, we come in full circle here. We we're talking about the use of language and how it can be. Uh, destructive and instructive. But what if we take that away and now all of our communication is telepathic? You know, I call it a true wireless fidelity, frankly, true Wi-Fi, <laughs> which is inner technology. And I believe it's there. And I'm not the only one. I uh, There are many others that have talked about that. Mm-hmm. You know, you bring up synchronicity. I, we're winding down. We only have a few minutes left, but I wanted to, I wanted to bring in a couple of things. Uh, related, mm-hmm. you mentioned synchronicity and uh, the fact that these things clearly, in my experience in talking to others, are more prevalent. People are having uh, yes. more synchronicities. Just today, somebody mm-hmm. emailed me and said, Alexis, because I've done a few pieces on uh, the dynamic of synchronicity, which I happen to feel is quite powerful, mm-hmm. um, said to me, they're, they're happening every day now. And mm-hmm. um, I'll survey people and who, who understand what it is, and they'll admit to me, yes, I'm having them more and more. So something is uh, burgeoning and pushing its way through all of this, and Mm -hmm. uh, people are picking up on it. I think it's quite powerful. And very true. I mean, this is is a phenomenon that, you know, so many are experiencing. I I have an expression, if you're not free to follow life signs and live in synchronicity, Mm. you're you're not free. Love it. So what people, what the next step people need to take is, disengage yeah. stop the stuff that's holding you back and follow what you're being shown and these will step up even more it, it will it'll go exponential no yeah and yeah. but people have to be have some guts they've got to be willing to let go maybe it like uh, there's a quote i put on my side today by Rumi where he says you know move to where you're afraid of moving you know be be the heretic be the you know step out you know mm-hmm. ha- have some guts because when you think, when ultimately, when it comes down to it, our kids and our grandkids are about to become transhuman little robots or exterminated. We are in dire straits. So that is another aspect of this of this dynamic. It, it is a time to respond. We've got to rise above this. The there is a fuel under our butts to to really get you know. And obviously, we shouldn't act in fear. We shouldn't act in you know malice and all those things but we are in a very desperate time within this plane mm-hmm. but 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 spiritually these dynamics you know they're, they're at a parallel place they're 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 they transcend this we don't need to you know be dwelling on all this so-called negativity but it's a reality so we can use that to take a kick in the butt to let go of shit just let it you know learn to try something new move somewhere you know, do what you've always wanted to do, 
but never had the guts to do it. It's time to cut free. It's time to to be the warrior. You know, let the warrior arise. It's inside each of us, and it's screaming to get out. And I think that's a, a message a lot of people will relate to and are relating to, and I've been saying this for a while, but you know, I'm not the only one. It's 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 a time to rise in, in whatever way we're being called. And that means cutting free. That means cutting the rope. It, mean, it means uh, there's going to be – it looks like a sacrifice, but is it really a sacrifice when you cut the rope and your boat goes out to sea and you discover, you know – paradise is that is that a sacrifice mm, mm-hmm. it was only in your mind oh my rope oh no i'm i'm leaving behind my shack on the beach hey come on come on come on Let, let's wake up here you know if, you, if you've been having this in your heart now if you don't if you don't want to go don't go fine but then stop complaining about these feelings you got inside buddy about there's something more, and I'm not satisfied, and I've got to find. Can't have it both ways. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a great. Well, that's a powerful note to end it on. We'll put it that way. But uh, <laughs> and we're going to need to end it there. Of course, you are welcome back anytime, Zen Gardner, and I hope that you will come back soon to, so we can continue this dialogue. But in the meantime, uh, I'm going to tell the audience head to zengardner.com uh, as soon as as soon as the show is over and pick up on all the wonderful uh, information and insight he brings us on a regular basis. But aside from zengardner.com, Zen, what else do you have going on right now? Um, Well, I'm working with a project that that I mentioned, fullcircleproject.net, and it's it's got a a feature on it called the Community Connector that people can sign up for. It's not to accumulate names and build uh, uh, um, anything but local communities. And uh, you can f- actually go there and see if there's people in your area that have signed up with similar interests, similar passions. Uh, it's a great, great uh, um, idea put together by a guy named Matt, and uh, we're really proud to have it on the Excellent. site. And you know, hundreds of people a day are signing up for it. it it's something, and we're moving in a, at least in a proactive direction. Because as you know, the alternative community tends to be a bit insular. It tends to feed on itself. Mm-hmm. And we, what we need to do is take this information and the love, the concern we have to a wider audience and reach people that aren't being reached. Absolutely. And, and, mm-hmm. and in a, a compassionate, understanding way, but, but also, you know, with energy and, uh, and uh, concern. But, you know, step out of our little confines, you know, meet people in your neighborhood. Um, Great. Yeah, it's. I mean, I've, I've been a bit of a hermit myself the last few weeks because I I, uh, I, I do so much work online and then I uh, I kind of wear myself out. But yeah. I mean, here there's just wonderful people in our, our local community, wonderful friends, and we've got the full circle project going here with some great. It breaks into smaller groups where people find their own interests. So it's uh, instead of just having a big group that gets all bogged down. Right. <clears throat> well, that's great. Anyway. That's it, and that. Besides that, I'm, you know, as I, I told you, I'm going to Europe for a couple months, and I've got a few conferences booked for next year. Excellent, and, uh, and we'll be able to find excited. all of that on zengardner.com, right? Yeah, maybe I'll come up and see you. That'd I think of- that would be great. I'm going to hold you to that one. <laughs> well, listen, it has been a pleasure and just so powerful always uh, to talk to you. Now, we're not going to hang up. We said we're going to do our proper get uh, off the air, and then we will uh, say a proper goodbye. But uh, I just want to say thank you so much for, for your wisdom and your insight and your zeal, Zen. You can't be beat. <laughs> thank you so much, my dear. And uh, My pleasure. I, can, I, I don't know if I'm being presumptuous but I can kind of feel your audience and I uh, much love to everybody listening and uh, I think um, things are going to be um, according to what we make it And but it, I think we have a lot to look forward to Here, here. on that note take care everyone Awakening often happens in stages for Zen he's been through five that he can count so far With each wave of insight, he's made it a point to trust his inner gifts and make good on them. Qualities like intuition, compassion and empathy, synchronicity, and even telepathy. These are all tools that will undoubtedly help us all walk the path of truth. As we're faced with more and more challenges, we must hold on tight to these inner allies and then rise in whatever way we're being called. 
One Calling for Zen is a project you briefly heard about called the Full Circle Project, and I urge you to visit that website, which we've listed below this interview, as well as Zen's own home online, which is simply zengardner.com. I thank you for joining me on this journey with Zen and for tuning in to Higher Journeys Radio. I'm your host, Alexis Brooks.